Hi, everyone. It's Nika, the founder of Urban Remedy, welcoming you to the You Are Love podcast, inspiring health through food, lifestyle, and making conscious choices. Hello, everybody. Today, we have a very special guest on the You Are Love podcast. We have Dr. Josefa Rangel. She's a board-certified internist and fellowship-trained integrative medicine specialist. She received her medical degree from Stanford University and completed her residency at UCSF and undertook fellowships at the Center for Disease Control and Prevention and the Andrew Whale School Center for Integrative Medicine and in Medical Advocacy. And she's somebody that I have worked with personally that I have a lot of respect for, and I'm really excited for her to share her wisdom with all of us today. So thank you so much for joining, Dr. Rangel. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. So I thought that the best way to start, would, because I also want to hear your answer too, because I don't know all of this, but I would love to hear your story. And you practice such a interesting kind of medicine um, that I think is so important. And I'd love to hear how you got into it and you know how you found this medicine that we call innate medicine. What brought you here? Yeah, well, it was a quite circuitous journey. But becoming a doctor was always a very strong calling of mine. I literally declared I would become a physician when I was at the tender age of four and um, found my way to that, even though my parents weren't educated. And when I was at Stanford Medical School, I mean, I I loved my education. Um, But during my clerkship years where you're, you're in the hospital, rotating through different subspecialties, I never quite surprisingly found like a specific field that like lit me up that I just knew like that was it. And so I felt a little bit, a little bit lost and a little bit defeated. But one of the surprising things about myself that I learned about myself is that I, I really enjoyed working and, and talking with, with adult patients. And I also knew that was what I was here to do. And I didn't really understand like why or how, but like there was no way I could be a surgeon. Um, And that somehow like deep discussions with patients would would somehow be be the way. And so when I did my my training at UCSF in internal medicine, very rigorous training, I learned how to take care of very ill patients and became quite quite adept at it. Um, And I also had a clinic at the San Francisco General, mainly Spanish speaking, I adored my patients. But on a good day, I felt that I helped them maintain a mediocre quality of life in terms of refilling pharmaceuticals and checking for side effects, and at best maintaining their health status, but never improving it, never actually promoting human flourishing. And so I knew that was not the medicine I wanted to practice. And from there, I went to the Centers for Disease Control. Prevention made was a lot more appealing to me than than treatment. And again, as much as I loved that specific training and getting to fly around the world, doing various studies in international health and leading outbreak investigations, I also was not fulfilled with that. And specifically with this whole mentality that the disease is the enemy and the disease must be eradicated. And there was not a focus on on human thriving, human flourishing. So from there, I did training with uh, Andrew Wiles Integrative Medicine Fellowship Program. And that was the first time where there was finally resonance. 
I knew I wanted to be a doctor, but but none of none of the prior fields really felt at home to me. But within this integrative medicine um, paradigm, I I felt that I was given skills that actually helped me with my patients, um, caring at a deeper level than just prescribing medications and, and suppressing symptoms. Um, and so I practiced in that fashion for about five years. I call it bread and butter, integrative medicine. I helped a lot of patients making often simple interventions like caffeine elimination, sleep hygiene, you know, th- things like that. And yet I still knew there was something like deeper calling me. And at that point, my family moved from Ohio back to California. And at that juncture, I had this, this inner, inner knowing that I would call my practice innate medicine. One of the tenets of integrative medicine that most appealed to me is the tenant that the body has an innate healing capacity. And I knew that was the, the medicine that I wanted to practice um, not that it had ever been done before, but I just knew I needed to express that that tenant and kind of usher in this this type of of new medicine. And so that is how I've been practicing for the last now it's seven years <laughs> innate medicine. And I work with a yogi mystic, Kane Carroll, and his knowledge base of ancient self-healing modalities, but also as a spiritual embodiment teacher has been the missing element um, in all of the different medicines that I have studied um, in terms of, of my patients with mystery illness who weren't responding to external treatments. Um, he's been a mentor and um Together, we are applying these um, spiritual principles as, as critical elements in our patient's healing journey. And you guys are such a great pair. I mean, you guys really are both have such high integrity and so much wisdom. And so Kane really brings um, such a deep intuition um, when it comes to what he prescribes or the even the words that he says um, are very, very powerful. So you guys are an amazing duo. And so um, one of the things that I was thinking about when you were saying that, when I started my acupuncture practice, I went and I, I was seeing this doctor that I think I had seen since I was a teenager. So I'd known him for many, many years. And I said, oh, I'm, you know, I'm starting my acupuncture practice. And he said, I'm going to give you the biggest tip you know, I, you know, he's like, I've been a doctor for, you know, 50 years or however long it was. And I said, you know, what is it? And he said, everybody wants to be listened to. And he said, when people come in, if you just give them your presence and listen to what they're saying with presence, that that is a huge part of the healing. And I, I hadn't remembered that in many, many years, but when you just said that you like to listen and converse with your patients, it reminded me of that. And that is such an important part of healing. And I'll just share, you know, how I found you. You know, I was dealing, as you know, um, with my own health issue where, you know, from overworking and not taking care of myself and having high stress, you know, during COVID, I got myself into a situation where I had a lot of anxiety and I couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. And, and, you know, I have a lot of friends that are doctors and I was taking all these supplements and all this stuff. And, um, 
you know, I was referred to you by somebody that you work with. And when I initially called you, and I just think this is so funny how the universe works, uh, because I was like, I don't want to see one more person that is going to give me like, you know, tell me to take X, Y, and Z supplements, or even like the homie, I'm like, I've done every, like I've done the homeopathy, I'm mm-hmm. taking a zillion supplements, like, and like nutraceuticals and German homeopathics and all this stuff. So I almost wasn't going to call you. And then I was like, well, I'm just going to call her on a whim. And when we talked, it's very funny that I said to you, what do you prescribe people? And what are, are you going to give me more pills? And, you know, I don't think I can actually see you because like, I'm already doing this. And what do you use? And, um, you were so eloquent and you actually didn't tell me about, I didn't even know until I came to see you in person about the medicine that you practice, this innate medicine, but it was such a pivotal point for me and has been the biggest game changer for me personally, um, working with you and Kane. And it has really opened my mind up and reminded me of the medicine that I was trained in, basically traditional Chinese medicine about the body's own innate healing capacity, which over the years I forgot about. And, um, you know, even Chinese medicine and functional medicine is very focused on herbal therapy. I mean, I think functional medicine is always trying to find the root. So it's still a lot of testing and, you know, and I was talking with a friend the other day about your medicine. And all of a sudden I was like, wow, it's so interesting because functional medicine, they say we're trying to get to the root, but it's like a z- you you know get tested for a zillion things and then the root ends up being a pathogen or mold or Lyme or a bacteria or whatever it is that you're looking for. But in your medicine, the root is, a, it's a different root and it's a different way. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, an innate medicine we're, we're holding a patient in their wholeness, in the entirety of their being and the complexity of, of all their lives and, and helping them understand that, that whatever symptom, whatever ailment, you know, whatever they're struggling with, we reorient them toward this is bodily wisdom. This is not something to fight against. This is something to, to have deeper self-understanding. And so it's a totally different approach. We're like embracing the symptom and, and bowing to it and trying to learn what is the body trying to communicate? What elements of um, disharmony are there within, within one's life in all variety of different aspects? It could, it could be physical, dietary, movement, but, you know, our pathogen, you know, so forth. But there also could be many other areas within their lives that are in in disharmony. And through deep listening, you know, patients are able to often readily tap into what what else feels unbalanced to them. Like, like it's their own wisdom, but we're just we're just giving them permission to view themselves as a whole person and not just as some like biochemical disease process that they actually don't even understand and need an expert to try to interpret the lab results. I, you know, I mean, and I'll look at all of that um, to to a certain degree, but often the patients that come to see me that that's already been addressed, or, or that's not what is leading to to health and and recovery and so we we look at these other elements 
And and I love that because, you know, I'll use my own healing as an example or my own process is, you know, when I came to see you, I was having severe acid reflux and that, you know, I had gone, I've gotten every test. I even did an endoscopy because I was in so much pain. Um, something I thought I would never do. I've taken, I had taken every, you know, zinc carnosine and aloe and licorice and you marshmallow and you name, I mean, you know how many things I was taking. And, you know, I was doing all the right things from like a natural medicine perspective, a Western medicine perspective. And I had even been doing acupuncture and, you know, and that's why I was hesitant to even come see you in the beginning because I was like, I don't want to add another thing to my already long lit laundry list of things I was trying to do to heal myself. And I think it was the first time I came to I, that I was there to see um, you and Kane. And even though I did have an experience with you know another practitioner in the very very beginning when I was probably at my worst, who said. Nika, there's no pill that's going to help you. This is, you know, more of a kind of stress or emotional related symptom that you're having. And um, what you just said was a lot of people come in with a lot of knowledge about that, but they're, they're still fighting their disease, which is where I was. I was still fighting. My, I was so mad I had acid reflux and I couldn't get rid of it. And I could, and I had lost 20 pounds and all of those things. But immediately, what you guys saw was the tension, you know, that I was holding in my diaphragm and in my stomach and this holding pattern that I was in that was actually pushing, you know, the energy back up into my throat, hence acid reflux. And it was a, a simple explanation, but for me was such a game changer and so deep because it was looking at my own physiology and gave me the opportunity to um, look at my holding pattern and understanding that when you're in that kind of holding pattern, right, no pill is going to work because the pill isn't going to relax the own tension and trauma or whatever I was holding in that space in, in my, my digestive system and my body. And it was such a beautiful experience and still continues to be to understand my body in a different way and remember that my body is giving, like you said, you explained to me that my body's giving me a message that I needed to hear to heal. And that's such a gift because I think, you know, we get so caught up in the things you need to take or the things that you need to do, but it's so rare to go see a doctor who really helps you get to what I consider the root, you know, the real root of the problem, which is, you know, for me, I'm sure for everybody it's different, but for me, you know, that was my experience. Yeah. I would say that in the, there's a, a time and place for, for everything and, and no modality, no treatment modalities like off the list. Right. But, but often the patients I see have to have tried every single external uh, treatment modality from pharmaceutical to supplements to many, many different types of, of treatments and shamanic journey and psychedelics and so forth, but they haven't actually turned inward. And, and you know, this is actually the, the true internal medicine. Mm. And there's, there's so much deep, deep understanding and and it's like it's right there but but we have to face ourselves and that can be incredibly difficult 
um, there's things that we've been blocking that have been too painful to admit to or to even want to open up to. But um, but the, like the body is essentially calling us in, into our own attention. And so one can continue to chase, you know, chase the symptom. Like it's, it's an option and, and no judgment, but there's a certain patient that, that kind of heeds the message and, and by turning toward their symptom, understanding why, why is that holding pattern even there um, and, and learning how to soften, like that's the medicine and, and that's the much deeper healing. I think we're getting to root cause. Unfortunately, it's been really mechanized. You know, like yeah. oh, there's a root biochemical reason for all of this. That can be very appealing with, with our kind of over analytical minds. But I often see that it's more of a, of a yin approach, of a, of a balanced approach in, in all aspects of our lives. You know, what area has not been attended to in my life that is a bit of a mess, be it relational or mental or emotional or sexual or creative? You know, what, you know, what are these aspects that, that we're not dealing with and, and can we be honest and, and open to the, the bigger um, messages and healing? Yeah. And for me, it just seems like um, this aspect of healing is so important because, you know, in our lives, you know, especially going through COVID, I think a lot of people have had time to reflect on what's important to them or how they're living their life or if they're in the job they want or the relationship they want. It's kind of been an opportunity for a lot of people to go inside or deal with their own fears um, because there's this collective kind of fear going on. But, you know, when you go to the doctor, normally you're going in because you have a symptom and most of the time, I mean, and, you know, I guess that relates to like the standard of care too. It's like, these are the tests that you should do. And, you know, this is usually the pill that you should take that's going to make you feel better. Um, and I, and sometimes it's what you need. I mean, obviously if you have an infection or something like that, that's the right course of treatment. But, um, I, I would say it's rare to find a practitioner, um, especially a medical doctor who can guide you back to your finding your innate wisdom and your answers to the disease or the imbalance or the, uh, reason the underlying cause of whatever symptom that you're having. And, you know, I mean, in Chinese medicine, there's lots of, you know, like kidneys are related to fear or lungs are related to grief. And I mean, there is this um, aspect of understanding the kind of emotional pattern that's related to different um, disharmonies in the body. Um, but what I love about the work that you guys do is it's, you really take it to the next level because everybody is different and really helping the individual figure out. And it's also like, you're not, you know, a lot of times, like when you see a doctor, they're kind of telling you what's wrong and then this is what you do. Um, but you guys help empower the patient or the person you're working with to understand their own patterns. And so, I mean, and that's where, right, the true health can come in or the real deep changes could come in, in feeling and being more in your body and not fighting your symptoms. Can you talk a little bit more about that? 
because I've experienced it with you. I don't think a lot of people really understand like what we mean by innate medicine. And a lot of people don't understand their capacity to heal. Can you talk a little bit about that? Like the body's innate capacity to heal and, and how, you know, maybe a little bit about how I feel like we're conditioned um, in our society to think that disease is normal. Like it's not abnormal to get cancer. It's not, you know, abnormal to be in pain because, you know, it's been so um, normalized in some way. And so can you talk a little bit about that? I think that would be really interesting. You know, one, one of the words that came to mind as, as you were speaking and how we work with patients to, to empower them is that like in my medicine, disease is not a commodity. And it, as a society, this medical industrial complex, you know, it's so much bigger than any, any person or any group of people or, you know, the providers, the health insurers, it's, it's just its own um, mega industry. Um, but it does not have your well-being at, at its central focus at all. It's, it is about, about profit and, and commodity. And so no one benefits, no one benefits monetarily besides the patient if they reverse their diabetes, Mm -hmm. if they lose weight and start stress reduction and no longer have hypertension, like that person could have been on lifelong blood pressure medication. Right. You know, that's, that's considered a loss in the industry. Right. right? And so you're, you're, we're up against huge forces. Um, This is not sexy medicine. This is not quick fix glamour medicine. This is someone taking accountability for their own life, for their own health and not being part of a system that wants to profit off of them. Right. What about for the people? I mean, because there's so many people that don't even know that that's what's going on. You know what I mean? They think, oh, yeah, it's normal to go to the doctor and this is how you live and it's normal to take five pills. And I think the majority of Americans are kind of in that that kind of consciousness. Well, yeah. And I would say there's also the vast majority, they're either taking – pharmaceuticals or they're taking a ton of supplements and I don't think either are necessary like we have we've lost the basic components of what compose a healthy life I mean if you've traveled in third world countries like no one else is doing that like this is an American phenomenon again it's based on on profit and we've we've learned to outsource our health and to not trust of our our own body's innate ability to thrive with fresh water, fresh foods, you know, loving relationships, play, rest. Like these are sunshine. These are like the basic ingredients. And instead we, we've believed the, the message that we're, that we're weak, we're helpless. We need all these reinforcements, be it medication or, or supplements to survive. And it's, it's not true. Yeah. It's funny because I think that is what brought me to Chinese medicine was that there was like hope in there and that there was, you know, another way of healing um, because I had seen 
um, in my own life growing up with my family, you know, this other road. Could you imagine if all doctors were trained in innate medicine with whatever medicine they're practicing? I mean, it would be such a different world because we're not empowered to understand our own um, imbalances and why they're happening. And can you talk a little bit about that? Like give people an understanding of what it means to have dis-ease or disharmony in the body and how, you know, how you look at that compared to like just giving somebody a pill or just saying, oh, it's normal to feel uncomfortable or to have this symptom. You broke down disease as dis-ease and I would break down healthy as heal thy. Oh, I love that. Your physician, heal thyself. Like that's the call. Physicians have just been indoctrinated with with the overall, you know, message of of viewing the body as some sort of mechanized process and and reducing it down to the to the tiniest, smallest variable possible. And their own training and their own career does not foster health and and well-being. And so if we can start at that level, like imagine a world where we recruited people into medical school who would be the role models of of health and thriving and vitality. And and we we train them, we teach them about self-cultivation and self-care, and we esteem that. You know, that getting eight hours of sleep is like, is considered um, prestigious or, you know, right. something to be admired, you know, eating, eating healthy, organic food from regenerative farms. Like that would just be like, the, of course, that's what, that's what we do. And like you walk into the office and the doctors are vibrant and rested and listening and, and imbuing, you know, emanating their own vitality I want to live in that world. <laughs> I know. Let's create it. I want to come to that world. That's where I'm at. I totally agree with you. Yeah. And it's possible. It's, it's, it's possible. We could turn things around in a dime. You know, the doctors are not happy. Like they want this just as much as we do, or at least, you know, there's a, there's a critical mass that do, but we need to like, we need to give each other permission. Like the patients need to demand this. They need to know yeah. that this is, this is possible. Because most, I think most doctors, you know, become doctors because they have a passion for healing and helping people. Um, I'm sure like there's different, you know, obviously people do things for different reasons. And I'm sure some are doing it for monetary gain or, or status or whatever. But I think the majority of physicians are probably doing it because they really want to help people and they're healers, you know, and then you get in this medical system, you know, and find out that, you know, there's a standard of care that you need to follow. And usually that is, I mean, and we could go way deep into the medical system and how it's funded by pharmaceutical companies and how, you know, that drives the medical system. Um, and, but we don't, uh, we don't need to go there in this conversation, but, um, but yeah, I mean, so I think I would assume that, you know, many doctors would love to incorporate, you know, these principles into their practice and, you know, truly help empower people. Because like I said before, I think the way our medical system is right now, it's like very disempowering. It's like the doctor is God and telling you what to do. And this is what you have to do and how to do it. And I think a good, 
thing to mention is that, you know, our bodies, um, we are responsible for our bodies and making the decision of what we want to put into our bodies or we don't want to put into our bodies and what works for some people might not work for us and always, you know, really feeling into our own intuition when we're making those decisions and making informed decisions, you know, and looking at every side, I think is such an important part of our own healing process. And, you know, a lot of people don't understand how to do that in their own lives. And I think that part of what you teach really is that is, and, you know, the aspects of living in harmony with the nature, like what you were talking about before, the simplicity of, do you want to talk a little bit more about that? The simplicity of just sleep and rest and self-soothing and the sunshine and how powerful that can be for people. Yeah, I mean, it is it is the basis of of not just health, but of being in in harmony with with the natural world. Like we are nature, and by eating simple whole foods, you know, simply prepared vegetables, grains, you know, grass fed meat. And eating at a regular basis and cooking, like this forms the basis of, of nourishment that, that can't be outsourced. And it signals to your body, like a warm stew, homemade, like there's no, there's no vitamin, there's no, there's no private chef that can replicate that type of nourishment that you either make for yourself or you make for your loved ones, but from selecting the food to prepping the foods, you're imbuing it with, with your care and your love. And then that, that gets translated in, into the food and how that gets assimilated um, into the body. So, you know, we, we often talk about eat, move, sleep. Mm-hmm. And so like, that's like, that's like the first homework, like get, get down to basics. Like let's establish a regular eating pattern. Let's establish some regular movement and let's establish regular sleep times and, and really focus on that. And that signals to, to the body that it's safe. It's, it's rhythmic. I'm taking care. And that like brings the whole nervous system down to, to a level of, of feeling cared for. It doesn't need to be in, in hypervigilance. And I think that is so beautiful and so critical. And I could, you know, speak for myself. I think the second time I came to see you guys because I was taking all the right things and doing, you know, and because of my background in health, I got really into like my mind got really into figuring out what I could take to make myself better. And so I, you know, had all these things that I was doing and you guys said, you know what, from right now, stop all of that and give your stomach a break and do the things that you just talked about. And for a minute, it created a lot of fear in my body because I was like, I can't stop taking aloe and all these things because those are the things that are probably going to help my acid reflux. And I went against the my mind telling, you know, my fear mind, the hypervigilance that you were just talking about. And I stopped all of that. And I tried to follow what you just said by 
you know, making myself nourishing foods and, you know, doing the specific meditations and work that I needed to do and, you know, sitting in the sun and making sure I was out in nature and just going back to these simple tenets and principles. And I immediately started, it was the first time I actually started feeling better. And it, it actually really blew my mind because in my mind, you know, I was thinking, well, I know the things that I need to do and take and I'm, you know, doing the biohacking things and the cutting edge homeopathy medicine and all of these things that I thought I was doing. But really, you know, what I needed to do was what you just said is like get out of the hypervigilance and the trying so hard and the doing. And that was one of my biggest learnings was, and one, and either you or Kane had said to me, because I said, well, I've, I have to do this and I need to like get better. And it was like, the sun rises, whether you want it to rise or not. And the, you know, the sun sets, whether you want it to do it or not. And you're not in control of that. And your body processes are the same. You don't have to try so hard. You just have to let go and be, and be, more in harmony with nature and, you know, letting your body do what it knows how to do. And the healing capacity is so great. But by the doing, I was actually impeding my own healing process. And that was so incredible and such a gift for me to be able to experience that because I could not get there on my own. And I was trying, I'm a really good um, multitasker. So it was like my brain was just constantly going with what I needed to do. But my medicine that I learned from you guys is stop and just let it be. And that was such a huge gift to me um, and such a huge learning that, yeah, I can't even tell you. I mean, it's absolutely changed my life. And what I love about it is that it's so incredibly simple, but so complex that we, you know, it's hard for most of us to get there. Yeah, it reminds me of that saying that that we're afraid of our own of our own brilliance mm-hmm. and our own power. And you know, you had had all the standard workups, so you know, it's not that we didn't do due diligence. Like we we you know looked at your medical records. We oh, understood. I had done I had done every test. Yeah. There's probably not a test you could have done. I think I had done it all. Right, like you'd had all the testing and you'd taken every supplement known to to humankind. And so, you know, that's when I just like, I step back and look at the meta and just curious, like what's obscuring this person's innate healing capacity? Like I, like, that's my, that is my deep, deepest knowing that we have this innate healing capacity. It's our birthright. It's always operative, but something obscures it. And so what was it? And I do definitely agree with you that it was the doing, it was the trying, it was the outsourcing. Yeah. And I and we all get so caught up in in that. And that's why I was really excited to do this podcast with you because it's like it's the simplicity, it's the most simple thing, but we all have forgotten it. The most simple thing is living as you know living in harmony with nature sleeping eating whatever you just said sleeping eating moving you know being in the sunshine which is so simple um yet it's something that we have all forgotten and that most people don't do and you know even like what i said before with the biohacking like there's such a people are trying to get better and want to get better so hard so it's like you're looking at all the parts it's like you know putting on the right glasses, you know, for the blue lights and then, you know, getting in front of the lights and making sure you're doing the sauna and, you know, taking the binders. And it's like, there's so many things that people 
do to like biohack their body to get healthy or, you know, whatever the story might be with whatever you're doing. But it's so rare to hear just be. Well, yeah. And I, I, I honestly do not like that term biohack. Like for yeah. me, the body is the sacred vessel. And, you know, if we view it that way and we do our daily self-care practices, like how we, you know, touch our arm, we've, I've shown you that exercise of, of just, you know, gently stroking your one arm with your, with your other hand. These are, I mean, this like signals safety to your body right, right away. Mm-hmm. You know, you're both the giver and the receiver in that, in that moment. And you're recognizing your own unity. And essentially what we've done in our society is desecrate the body. Mm-hmm. And I'm here to, to share this message of, of this, of the sacred embodiment and ways we can consecrate like all that we are and, and everything you mentioned, like those are physical activities, like to address physical issues. Like there's, we're so much more than, than physical beings, you know, and, and often I find that there has been significant trauma not dealt with. Um, many of my patients are, are highly sensitive, i.e. incredibly intelligent. They're, they're the canaries in the coal mine. Um, and there's so many other aspects that one's not being honest. If they're like, oh, I'm just going to take all these binders and like be healthy if they haven't dealt with, with some really difficult um, potentially emotional, psycho-spiritual issues. And I think it's interesting because I do think I am hearing more people and practitioners talk about trauma, you know, and how that affects the physical body in terms of illness, anxiety, you know, all the different things, uh, the different ways that it can manifest. And it's really interesting because I think there's more even research done on trauma and familial trauma and, you know, the trauma that we're born with. And it's such a great opportunity, um, for people that are willing or, you know, that's the, that's the, the root or of the disease or the illness or the uncomfortableness that we're experiencing, you know, in our bodies or our minds in our life. And, um, it's difficult because, you know, for me personally, I was living outside of my body for a long time because I didn't, want to feel the pain that I had inside. And so I got so busy and worked so hard and tried to be such a good mom. So, and then now looking back, I'm like, oh, I did all those things because I actually, I got a lot of stuff done and it was great, but you know, it was too uncomfortable for me to actually be in my body and feel. And so doing the practices that you've taught me um, that are very simple. Like in my past, I know people would say, oh, just like do this meditation or do this. I never wanted to feel in my body. I never wanted to do it because it was so uncomfortable. And then, you know, and I know you saw that in me. And when I started to do just these simple things, it's made such a difference. Like I feel like I'm more in my body than I've ever been. And now I'm understanding um, in a different way, what it means to inhabit my body and feel safe in my body, which for me is like the biggest part of the healing. And it's such a gift. And I think that um, that's just such an important part of healing is these bodies. We forget that we have these bodies and we they need love and they need our attention and they need our self, 
you know, our soothing mechanism and, um, yeah, our attention. And I think that is such an important part of healing that I think, yeah, I've never had another practitioner really bring that up with me before about the importance of being in your body. And I understand it from a, you know, I could understand it from a health perspective, but actually doing it and embodying it. I never, I never got that before and how important that is. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a, a buzzword. I mean, we throw around the word embodiment, you know, all the time, but only, only, you know, mm-hmm. how embodied you're being. Like, do you feel your feet on the floor right now? You know, that's very different than saying I need to be embodied or, you know, yeah. I know all about embodiment. Um, but, but so like being, being self-honest and if you can't, are you like your mind wants to, to jump away from that? Like that, that's not a problem. It's just being honest. It's like, no, there's like, it's too painful to, to be in my body. And like, that's your starting point. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. then we explore, well, well, why? We don't even have to understand the why, but we help build patients' capacity to be with their direct experience. Yeah, and this is where, where spirituality meets medicine. But no, it's not, none of it is separate. Yeah. But if we can be with our direct experience, if we can feel what we feel, you know, allow it to be... Um, to engage with that feeling and open to it, then everything's possible because there's flow. There, you know, everything's just energy, and so then we're not we're like we're we're like one with the cosmos. We're not like viewing ourselves as some separate entity that's out to like fix something. Yeah, I love that, and it is like the flow. It's like um, it is. It's like being in the flow when you are living in harmony with nature, which sounds a little bit. I don't even know. I mean, you know, when you're in the flow, it's, you know, I feel like saying living in harmony with nature is almost like a buzz phrase, but it's not because it's very real because like you said, we are nature, Um, but it's a different understanding or a different, at least for me personally, experience of, of being, like I said, of being in the body. Um, and it's so interesting. I wonder the questions that people are going to have after listening to this. Because like I said, until I experienced it myself, I couldn't even understand it. And I'm a health, you know, and I'm a healthcare practitioner and acupuncturist who studied the meridians and the, you know, all of the acupuncture points and the energy of the body. And I still wasn't living in my own body. So it's, um, it's just, it's so, it's very fascinating for me. Um, and I'm so happy to have met you and Kane to be able to experience innate medicine personally. Oh, I was just going to say like this, yeah. like this is the people's medicine. Like this is our birthright. And, um, you know, thank, thank you for um, promoting uh, or you know, giving more awareness to, to this work because, you know, I want people to wake up to, to what is possible within their own, own embodiment. Yeah, it's such a gift and it's so important. And I'm so, I mean, I want to talk more about it because I'm, you know, and I'm sure as my evolution is happening within, I want to know a little bit more about um, the feminine principle and bringing that back into medicine. Yeah. So one of the ways I conceive of what I'm doing, like understanding it, I'm going to 
I've been promoting the, the body's innate healing capacity. But what I now understand what I'm what I'm doing is that I am bringing bringing these aspects of the feminine principle back into medicine that have been extricated and and now the medical system is is very masculine dominant and to the point of of toxic masculine principle um so it's nothing to do to do with gender but so the feminine principles that are that are not um part of medicine right now are that are not valued within medicine are deep listening gentleness caring intuition taking your time being like these are all the these feminine principles wisdom deep knowing that have been completely shunned and we're and we're only honor the masculine principles of of direct of action precision you know and those those are great principles but they're they're but they're completely out of balance and we need to bring bring back the feminine into medicine so we have a medicine that's healing medicine where a patient actually feels cared for and empowered where patient feels listened to and honored where their choice choice making is at the center not the not the expert not the authority I love that. It's it's really it's just such a beautiful principle, and it's it's so needed. And yeah, I, I really respect you guys, um, your work, and 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 bringing that. And hopefully, you know, more physicians and more people will you know understand and learn this kind of medicine because I think it could help so many people. Um, and what about I? A couple times you've mentioned medical hexing to me. What about? Do you want to talk about that at all? When I use the term medical hexing, the way society is set up, the physician has a lot of authority, a lot of esteem. They're, you know, almost seen in many eyes as kind of priest-like figures. And so when the doctor sits with the patient and states something from a place of authority, those words have great impact on a patient. So be it from stating a diagnosis to stating a prognosis, those words can almost become concretized mm-hmm. to the patient, like embedded in, in their mind and their body of like, this is how it is, this is how it will be. And they're like at mercy of those words. And you know, I know enough <laughs> to know the uncertainty of many different types of diagnoses. You can just ask two different pathologists at different institutions to give um, their interpretation of, of slides, something that you think would be quite objective. It's actually very subjective and, and often different. Um, and so I'm always encouraging patients not only to question the diagnosis, but to not hold tight to it. It's just a conglomeration. It's just a way of understanding a, a variety of different symptoms. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, we put it, we, we put a label on it, but that that's just a construct. 
And then people, like you said, become their, I mean, I've seen it happen many times where people will get a diagnosis and it becomes their identity. Exactly. And they even, like, even if you look on social media, it's really interesting. Like people have, like, I'm just going to make it up. And if if this is somebody's, I don't, I'm making this up out of my mind, but they'll be like autoimmune girl or cancer, whatever. And it's really, they they take on that identity of the disease, which is, you know, a really interesting thing. And I think it happens quite a bit rather than taking on the identity, their own identity of who they are or the truth inside themselves. It's like the the disease becomes the identity. Yeah, it's it's much more interesting to be with a patient and, and understand their lived experience than put on these these labels like there's no there's no room once you once you have a label. Um, I mean, I write about this in one of my online essays that disease is a verb, not a noun. Mm-hmm. You know, and we're we're always becoming. We're not we're not static beings by any by any you know mm-hmm. imagination, but but we're we're somehow hold these constructs of of being fixed, both both as a, as a being and as, and having these labels and, and that decreases the ability to, you're like going against the natural flow of life and and the flux and the, and the constant change, you know, it's like you become a a dam in in a river. Mm -hmm. I, and, and then you go with prognosis. It's like, Oh, you know, no one knows. Like there's a whole, there's a whole range. Um, And then you just look at the radical um, remission stories. That totally is out of the construct of of how we understand mechanized medicine. So what's going on? Like, how can that even be possible? Right. And it's such an opportunity to, you know, there is like, you always have a, a choice to make. So you could choose to become your disease and, and really, like you said, get into the hypervigilance of like, this is what's happening to me. I'm X, Y, and Z or whatever. Or you could be like, okay, I have whatever this is and accept it and do what you need to do. Nobody's saying not to treat yourself or heal yourself, but also be like, but, but I am me and I'm going to live in joy and, you know, express the true essence of who I am. You know, there's always an opportunity, I would say. Yeah. And to just like, I encourage people to understand the, the phenomenon mm-hmm. and be like, oh, that's really interesting that my body's making those specific type of, of antibodies. Huh? Like, like, and get curious about it, mm-hmm. but it's, it's a phenomenon that's happening. It's not like, oh, like it's not, it's not about just not identifying with it. Right. But it's like, get, get curious and, and understand. And like, there's communication happening. Right. What's the message maybe? Yeah. Well, the, it's a, it's a call to, to deeper self understanding. And, you know, we're here to, to grow and learn and, and, you know, everything becomes an, an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And I, I guess there's, yeah, we always have an opportunity, I guess, to look at anything from a place of love or from a place of fear. And so it's always opportunity. And I, that's what I try to remind myself. And sometimes I forget it. But 
you know, even in the most difficult times, you know, we always have a choice of how we're going to look at things or interpret things. And um, it's so interesting, you know, to learn about your way of doing that because it's, it's showing there's so much more um, and our bodies are speaking to us in such a unique way that, um, yeah, it's, we have the opportunity to become closer to ourselves and try to for me, you know, understand or accept or go deeper within my own evolution. Yeah. And like, it's not that fear is bad. Like fear gets our attention and it wakes us up to the, to the preciousness and the, the temporality of, of our, of our lives, but like em- embracing everything that's going on and this is a spiritual principle of of radical acceptance yeah and and being engaged and you know fully awake in this immediate moment and then and responding but like being with it all being with the rage the fear you know intense emotions but that's that's aliveness yeah I love that. You know, we'll have a link to your website, obviously, because I'm sure people that are listening want to learn more. And there's so much more that we can talk about. Hopefully, we'll be able to do another podcast in the future. But what would you want to leave people with today? Like if people, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of people listening, and this is their first um, understanding about or hearing about innate healing and even understanding or being open to their body's own healing capacity. Um, what would be like the first simple steps that somebody could do that was interested in kind of exploring this more? Well, we definitely will be producing more material that um, the public can access besides, you know, working directly with us um, because that that thirst of, of knowledge is, is real. But I would say start with the principles of nourishment. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean much more beyond, beyond um, what we're eating. What are ways that I can nourish my life? Mm-hmm. You know, better nourish my life from how I sleep to how I wake up to the people I surround myself with to, you know, like what, like bringing in joy into one's life and, and being really honest we heal when we feel when we're in safety and we're nourished. Mm, yeah. And so there, there's this opportunity. That's um, very different than the nutrients. Yeah. But we've like, it's a feminine principle. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what we need. We need more of, and it's not something that, you just can, you know, pay a lot of money and, and outsource. No, I mean, it really, and that's the thing. It really is for me, from my own experience, it's bringing presence and um, to, to my own body and to, and the radical acceptance that you talked about. And for somebody like me who, you know, tends to be an overachiever and constantly doing stuff and my mind needs to go and go and go. It's difficult to do that because I'm the person that's like, talk a little faster. Okay, I got this. What do we do next? Okay, I want to do, I want to get this done. But this medicine and this way of being, like you said, it's that beautiful feminine principle, which I obviously needed more of in my life of 
going slower and listening to my body and feeling and just sitting and with myself and just slowing down and, and all of those things that you said, um, which seems so simple, but we, you know, I think most of us have forgotten that way of being or never even knew that way of being. And, um, it's such a gift and it's so powerful. It's so amazing. And, um, yeah, I just want to thank you so much for the work that you're doing. It's so incredibly important. And, um, you know, obviously personally in my own life, I want to thank you. And just, I think, you know, it's something that the world needs right now. So thank you so much for, for sharing your wisdom with us and doing the work that you're doing. It's, it's so critical right now. Thank you, Nika. It's a true joy to, to know you for all that you do and, and the courage you, you bring to your own healing um, and, the, and the love that, that's so strong in your heart. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you for joining us at the You Are Love podcast. For more episodes just like this, please subscribe. This is Nika and I'm wishing you a beautiful day.